college program, offering Mississippi families free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance to Mississippi students of all ages. More at gettocollege.org. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, May 6th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, an overturn of Roe v. Wade would transform reproductive health care in Mississippi. We asked two women on opposite sides of the abortion battle about the future of pregnancy in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The bombshell leak of a draft opinion suggests the Supreme Court is poised to overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade case. That's the one that legalized abortion nationwide in 1973. In Mississippi, a trigger law to ban virtually all abortions in the state is set to go into effect in just days if Roe v. Wade falls. That law would have consequences for Jackson Women's Health Organization, the only facility in Mississippi to offer abortions. Diane Dursis owns the clinic. She says she's been braced for bad news since long before the Supreme Court leak. This is not a surprise. Um, contrary to what I've been hearing from many other uh, cohorts and friends, this was um, almost a given. Had you listened to the to the arguments, had you had you checked out who is on the court and what they said before they got put on the court and the person who put them on the court, you know, I think what we don't want to believe is sometimes is what we hear, but I think when they tell you something, you need to believe them. I know in the past you have said, I believe that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Mm -hmm. Do you have concern about this draft being leaked like this? This has never happened before. No, and you know what? Uh, Perhaps this is what it's going to take for the people in America to wake up. You know, I guess the most concise thing I can say is in November— Vote like your life depends on it because it does. Yeah, this is this is uh, probably the most major event that I'll see in my lifetime is whether or not a woman is able to make the decision of, of uh, becoming a parent. And um, if she loses that, then it's it's a catastrophe. You know, it's it's an absolute catastrophe. If you think they'll stop with abortion. Uh, you're absolutely wrong. I know these people intimately. I've lived with them for almost 50 years. These people mean to put women back into the dark ages. And this is the major first step. In looking at uh, some of what was said in the document, at one point, conservative justice Samuel Alito states that until the latter part of the 20th century, there was no support in American law for a constitutional right to obtain an abortion. Zero, none. No state constitutional provision has recognized such a right. Well, not until the early 19th century did women have the right to vote, to own property, to have a credit card. Yeah, he's absolutely right. But rights have arisen as people have been uh, judged as people. 
I mean, that's a ridiculous comment. We've had abortions since um, time immemorial, and it was legal and done in the 1800s often until the American Medical Association and the physicians band together to put who were called abortionists out of business so that they could uh, have their practice. But history, you know, we have history repeating itself, I guess. Uh, but I mean, I, there's no other way to put this except this is the most catastrophic thing that can happen for a woman to have that right taken away from her and left with the state. You have said in the past that low-income women and people of color would be most affected Mm -hmm. by outlawing abortion. No question. No question. You know, if you are a woman of means, you can fly to New York, California, in one day, have the procedure done and be home by dinner. If you are a woman of color, if you're a poor woman, the women that are most vulnerable, many of whom have never been out of the city they live in, you are talking about uh, the impossible. And that's what we need to make possible for those women, that they will have access in neighboring states, that they will be able to travel, that there will be funding available for those women to travel. I mean, that's what we are faced with in 2022 is making sure a woman has a right to control her destiny. And, you know, I think it's... um, it's it's just so unbelievable for many people. I think that's why they couldn't imagine that, that that it could happen. But it has happened now, and it's time for everyone to stand up and do their part because the anti-choice people are, have, and will continue to do so. Will you stay open and provide other OBGYN female-related services? Perhaps. But, you know, we may just answer the phones there. We are opening a clinic in New Mexico which will be the Western Pink House. There will be a Northern Pink House. We will continue to serve women in this country and every state there is in any way we can. But abortion will continue to be safe. Uh, The sad thing is that women in Mississippi and the other states don't have the same rights as the women in New York, California, uh, Michigan. You know, so it depends upon where you live, whether or not you can seek medical care. And in this century, that's just abysmal. What do you mean by there will be other pink houses? We will open other clinics, and they will be our pink house. They may not be in Mississippi. It will not be in Mississippi. But they will be in other states, and we will continue seeing patients, seeing patients from Mississippi. You know, if anyone is naive enough to think they're going to stop abortion, I mean, that's beyond naivete. Women have always had abortions, whether it's been safely, whether they've taken a, a knitting needle and tried to empty their own uterus, or they've taken poison. You know, this is what people do when they don't want to be pregnant. And so then the issue becomes getting women to New, New Mexico and wherever else you may decide to open a clinic. Absolutely correct. I think that's what you're going to see. California, you know, New York. Maine. There there will definitely be states that um, Connecticut, Maryland, all of those states will be open. And, you know, that's what Texas women are doing now. There were 50,000 abortions done in Texas last year. Those women just didn't go away and decide to continue a pregnancy. Those women have been traveling. They've been waiting five weeks 
to get an appointment because of the backlog because of the numbers of Texas women. And that's what's happening with them now. Um, you know, there have been women who've had ectopic pregnancies that have died as a result of being shipped out of um, Texas because physicians couldn't or wouldn't remove an ectopic pregnancy. That is a non-viable pregnancy, as you know, but it killed the woman. And um, we're just not going to allow that to happen. We're going to make sure that women have that option. That's going to take a lot of money. You're going to see a lot of women that are um, making that trip, and you're going to see a lot of there are a lot of funding organizations, and you know that's going on all over this country. You know we're not going away. The majority of the population in this country supports a woman's right to choose, because when you start seeing women dying for trying to empty their own uterus, um, it's that's so horrific. I don't even want to talk about it, but I know that it's got to be talked about because that's what happened pretty right. Some abortion activists in the state are talking about advocating women to have self-managed abortions. How do you feel about that? Um, I think women, again, have always done whatever they needed to do to take care of themselves. I think that is an option uh, as long as that they are making sure that they're doing exactly what they need to do able to get to a provider or a physician, Um, you know, unfortunately, you're going to have states pass laws like Texas did where, you know, you've got your neighbor turning you in, even if they just think so, and now you're going to be investigated because they get $10,000. You know, it's it's a whole, I think think there's so many issues here, we can't even imagine all of them, you know, or this situation or that situation. Uh, I think that we'll all be surprised at at um, what we see happening here. You know, none of us have ever experienced this. Lastly, you mentioned earlier in the conversation about voting for officials who support your concerns. Mm-hmm. Do you see a shakeup in any political races over this issue? Do you think there's going to be some real shakeups happening as a result? I can only hope so. I don't know. I don't know, Desiree. I just know that we are looking at a cataclysmic event here about to happen. And if you believe that a woman has that right, and one out of every four women have had an abortion, it's time for you to go to the polls and vote how you believe, because other women's lives depend upon it. And it's... um, you know, it's. It, can I believe I'm saying this? I mean, I've been saying it for so many years, but but now it's here. Uh, I have to tell you, it's surreal. But yeah, I, they're going to have to. If they don't, you see what's going to happen. There'll be some states who provide it, some women who get them, some women who don't. You know, when you have a Supreme Court justice say you can always drop the baby off at a doorstep. I mean, that is that's insanity. So you don't see adoption as a viable alternative? Adoption has not been a... I will tell you, for all of the thousands and thousands of women I've seen over the years, if she's considering abortion, adoption was never an issue, was never considered. Um, do I think adoption's wonderful? Absolutely, if that's a decision that she makes, and there's certainly many ways to do that. Uh, you know, We're pro-choice. That means she does have three options, and adoption is certainly one of those, but... 
um, that has that's not been part of that process. Abortion is an ending. You have closure on that. You do not have that with adoption. I have the utmost respect for those women who do that and those women who adopt, families who adopt. Um, but, you know, that's that's not a panacea. Diane Dursis, the owner of the Jackson Women's Health Organization, thank you so much for your time and speaking with us. Thank you for having me. After the break, a different perspective on a future without legal abortion. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Diane Dursis says an overturn of Roe v. Wade would upend reproductive health care in Mississippi. Anya Baker agrees, but in her view, that's not a bad thing. Baker is Mississippi State Coordinator for Her Plan, which is a network of pregnancy clinics that don't offer abortion services and don't refer patients to abortion providers. She discusses her work with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. Her Plan is a directory of providers across many different services that women need when they face unexpected pregnancy or have are caring for little ones, especially those under two years old. Really, those wraparound services need to be identified and highlighted so that people who serve in different categories of care can make quality referrals and women can find where to go across Mississippi. What was your initial reaction when you first read this leaked document from the Supreme Court? I think like everybody else, I was completely stunned. My team had already heard that there was no decision on Dobbs yesterday, and so everyone packed it in for the evening, I assume, just like your team did. And, um, of course, it was a shock to come in the evening. This document that leaked was an initial draft. We don't know if the final vote will line up as it looks like it's currently lined up. But I'm curious, how do you see sort of the face of reproductive health care in Mississippi changing in the wake of this decision if it does fall as it's currently aligned with the Roe v. Wade decision being overturned? I think most people are optimistic. Overwhelmingly, people in Mississippi support the 15-week ban in our state. And I think people are really optimistic that perhaps this is an indication that soon lawmakers locally elected, locally supported, will be able to make laws that reflect the beliefs of the people in the state. You know, for for over 40 years now, lawmakers' hands have been tied by unworkable jurisprudence that local officials have not been able to have a say in. I know that some of these pregnancy centers that you mentioned have received recently um, some major financial support from the state legislature. Are they ready? Are you hearing from providers from these sort of non-abortion oriented pregnancy centers that, that they're ready for potentially a big influx in clientele in the wake of this potential decision? I think the Mississippi Pregnancy Resource Tax Credit came at a very timely uh, a very timely point for pregnancy centers because this is 
a business tax credit, meaning that the businesses that are already supporting them can support them more. And I've already heard from pregnancy center directors that they plan to use this boost to open new wings of their clinics, perhaps uh, open a new area or find a new building that allows for them to support new ways. For example, more material assistance for older children or uh, hiring more nurses or training more sonographers. And uh, this this boost is really going to go a long way for them. I think there are probably more of these centers in the state than a lot of people may realize. There's something like about three dozen. Is that right? Yeah, there are over 30 and all of them are really different. Some of them Every two centers I visit are completely different from the next two. I know there are a lot of women in Mississippi and in the Deep South who saw this document and are feeling really scared. Uh, Women who either are pregnant or may become pregnant in the coming months, years. What would your message be to them? I want it to be elevated of who is in their local community who can be reached out to. Because if they're say, county, city, town, neighborhood doesn't have something that they're looking for. There are people like myself who are on the lookout for where it is, how to get it to people, how to equip the providers that are already in these local communities with what they need. A perfect example is not too long ago, there was a story of a pregnant teen in Mississippi who was considering adoption and wasn't sure where she might live. Now, Maybe there wasn't something right in her neighborhood, but this network of support that wraps around many of these pregnancy centers was able to make the proper referrals to find her a place to live. And that's the kind of thing we want to see happen more and more. And they're really beautiful stories that often aren't told because there's confidentiality and HIPAA ethics codes that you know keep these stories behind closed doors where they belong, but they're very prevalent. Um, And just because the media doesn't always get a hold of them doesn't mean they're not happening every day. And I hope to shed light on the fact that that is happening. Many analysts have said that even if this this decision does break against Roe v. Wade, that the number of women in Mississippi who receive abortions will not change all that much. Many speculate that, that a lot of women will leave the state to receive an abortion and others will stay in the state to get an abortion illegally. Is that an assessment you agree with? Not necessarily. I uh, know that there are more abortions in the states that border, in the, in the counties rather, that border abortion clinics throughout the state. There are more that surround the Memphis area, people who live in the northern part of the state. There are more that take place in Hines, Madison, and Rankin counties. Actually, one out of every seven pregnancies in Hines, Madison, and Rankin ends in abortion currently uh, with state state data that's publicly available. And so we know that counties that don't have that uh, expedient referral uh, don't have as many abortions. So what we can learn from that is that other solutions are being provided when uh, a provider doesn't feel like the only place that they can send a woman is for an abortion and they feel that they have more tools in their toolkit uh, to answer some of her fears and concerns and find a solution that's not just you, you need an abortion to solve all of your problems. 
then really a more encompassing quality of care surrounds her and she doesn't just get referred for an abortion, um, kind of to slap the Band-Aid on whatever problem she is facing beyond the pregnancy. There are some people who will say whatever you think of abortion itself morally when you fully take away the right to an abortion where, you know, if if the Supreme Court decision breaks as it's expected to, there's a trigger law in Mississippi that will ban virtually all abortions in the state, that you're just taking a really important option off the table for women when they think about planning their families and their lives, or even if it's something that a lot of people don't personally agree with, that they have religious or personal objections to, that it's important that that woman has the agency to make the call for herself. Your thoughts? The perspective is that that we hold is that women are being offered the solution of abortion for problems that we can be solved in other ways that they are being told that their only option is abortion. And so we believe it's a false choice that women are being told you need this abortion to finish school, uh, to keep your scholarship, to stay in your housing. And we say we might need to make some adjustments. We might have some major things to address as a community, but that it's a false choice because a violent option is not really an option. And because of what we know developmentally about what a child is in the womb at six, at 15 weeks, even at 21 days. We know that ending someone's life in order to find solutions to problems that the onus is on us as a community to solve is not a real solution. In fact, it's a false dichotomy. And really, we want better for our women. And so it's out of extreme compassion that we have this stance, um, not out of a perspective of wanting to limit anyone's options. Anya Baker is Mississippi State Coordinator for Her Plan. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. Join us Monday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Have a wonderful Mother's Day weekend.